0: And Welcome, everybody, to episode number 17 of 357. Uh, coming off of a big, I mean, a really hyped-up weekend in terms of college basketball games. And I, w- I wouldn't say it disappointed. I wasn't able to catch too many games this weekend, but, you know, looking at Twitter, looking at the highlights, I wouldn't say it disappointed, but I would say it didn't quite live up to expectations. A lot of the games we thought were going to be close ended up being blowouts. Then there were a few games we that were going to be blowouts ended up being close. Um, such as in, in Auburn getting tested and uh, a couple other teams
1: like UCLA, Arizona State, too. Triple overtime. Yeah.
0: That was a great game. That was that was like the last game out of the night, too. So uh, that's that's yeah. when I went home and Bill Bill Walton triple overtime, upset. That was that was a good game. Uh, but yeah, before we get into actually, we're we're as open just like usual, like days, we're going to start off with the top 25. Uh, new one came out about a few hours ago now, and uh. Yeah, just first impressions on it. Um, Cal, do you want to go first for this one? Yeah.
1: Uh, so there's a few things. I think this one's a little bit worse than the – last week we didn't really have much to say. But this week, some of my main issues, um, I think Illinois is too low. I think 13 is too low. I think they should be in the 8 to 11 range. Uh, I think Baylor's too high. I don't think they should be in the top 10 still after dropping two. Uh, I think Providence is a good, in a good spot. I think Marquette's a little bit too low. I would have them over Michigan State. I would have Villanova over Wisconsin. I have I like UCLA spot. I like Texas Tech spot. Um, before D- I mean Duke just lost like as we're recording this and I would have put them over Houston, but um, I mean, now I would drop them to like 11 ish. And then towards the bottom, I don't think it's more of I think it's more of just teams that shouldn't have been in. Like I think Xavier should not be in. I don't think UConn should be. I think Murray State should be higher. I think Wyoming should have been ranked. I think it's ridiculous that Xavier got in over <clears throat> over Wyoming. But those are my main takeaways.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I definitely agree with a lot of the stuff you said. Uh, yeah. You 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 put a lot of the stuff that I that I had. Uh, you you said it pretty well, um. Yeah, uh, one thing that jumped out at me was yeah I, I do, expect the committee for putting St. Mary's and Murray State, Wyoming very close to being ranked. i you know definitely think they should be in consideration, but even this week they were only nine points behind Xavier. That's you know two or three people moving them up a couple spots away from getting in that ranking. So uh, that was good. Yeah, I do think, um. Yeah, I- I mean, maybe USC because they had that loss, but it was to Arizona. Uh, but I would consider dropping them down a little bit more, or at least moving to St. Mary's and Murray State above them. Yeah. Um, other than that, I think a lot of what you said I agree with. And, uh, yeah, I'd definitely not as good as last week's top 25, but I think overall.
1: I also think that um, – let me just make sure. – I think Gonzaga should be number one. <clears throat> I did put Auburn and like I had them as my number one, but after thinking about it, at least for this week, Gonzaga was a lot more impressive than Auburn was. So I just, I mean, they are pretty even, but that's just, that's like the most minor adjustment.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think Gonzaga should be ahead of Auburn. Gonzaga manhandled BYU. And it's always funny to see, uh, you know, it's, I mean, it's funny. I you, you can't even argue it at this point because there's so many of them, but Gonzaga – beats a good team in the west coast conference instagram comment sections it's not oh maybe gonzaga's good it's oh they beat up on this bad team yeah bad when i mean by you top 40 team for sure even even though they got blown out but they're still a good team uh, they're i guess playing saint mary's on saturday that'll which will be a big game, game i haven't played yep. no that'll be a big game um I'm fully expecting. I'm fully expecting Gonzaga to win by like say like 15 20. Yeah. And, and then the comments saying, you know, St. Mary's frauds. All that yeah, long.
1: West Coast Conference sucks.
0: Yeah. It's like you can't even argue at this point. It's just it's there. All right. So moving forward now, we're gonna real quick before we get into our picks, we're gonna actually talk about our most recent Instagram post, which is a lot of fun to make. Um, Kellen came up with the idea, I gotta give him the credit It's a really good idea. And just ranking our top ten college basketball logos uh, in Division One. So, oh, I mean, there's so many to choose from. I'm actually surprised three of our ten were the same. Yeah. And are different. I'm actually. I mean, with how many, there are three out of tens, uh, solid. But um, we're just gonna go into a couple of them here. I'd say like two or three, two or three ones you pick. Uh, the the number one, definitely say your number one. Why you picked your number one, and then and go into a couple others to say why you why you like that logo.
1: Yeah, so I'll start off with my number one, which is the Long Island Sharks. So they rebranded recently, and I didn't see this logo until maybe like a month or two ago. Like, I was not aware of it, and I saw it, and I just was like, that's the best college logo I've ever seen. I think it might be a little bit of a recency bias because it's so new to me, so it's like it's fresh, and it hasn't aged, I guess, but I love the colors. It's light blue and yellow. And the shark is great, and everything about it I like.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, the, yeah, we'll go back and forth here. My number one was one of the ones we both had on the list. Yeah,
1: an underrated pick.
0: Yeah, it's I've always loved this one. I picked the UC Santa Barbara Gauchos. Uh, it's just such a sick. I mean, I mean, if you really look at it, it's kind of basic, cause it's just these two eyes. And the guy's got a little hat on, but just look, it looks so cool like just the little eyes peeking above the scene. Yes, love it. And the craziest thing to me is, I don't even think that's their best logo. Before they had, um, I mean, you guys aren't gonna be able to see it listening to us, but I'll bring it up here. Before, before they rebranded that, they had an old look, like a different logo that showed the gaucho differently in like the 90s. And that's like would totally be my number one by far if it was still.
1: Let me, I'm looking it up.
0: Yeah, so. Yeah, go on sports. It's the one they use from 93 to 09. And it's just like it's such like a 90s. I love like eyes towards like 90s kind of like retro, really complex logos. And the one they used up till it was from 93 to 09. Um, I just I, I loved it. And their new one's still really, really good, but the other one's even better. Um, yeah, I got it up if you can't, if you can't get it.
1: Wait, which one yeah, which one is it?
0: So it's gonna be this one.
1: Oh yeah. I don't know. I think I like the new one better.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's just it's personal preference.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, the mascot's good too. It's a gaucho, which is yeah. pretty unique.
0: What do you, you? Yeah. It's a, how do you not like a gaucho? Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll do two more. Two more. Of your top ten. So
1: I'll go next to my fourth, which is Temple in temple recently they've started using the t just the standard t more i feel like it looks like some like like the font they use for the t looks like some government organization font thing it's just so boring and it's it's not necessarily simple or boring i mean it's simple but the font's just a little weird but their temple out like the logo with the owl is great it's a unique mascot there's not many other owls and then the kind of pinkish red and yellow um, looks really good and i love usually i don't like uh words in logos like i just like the the logo like the symbol the picture but the lettering in this one fits great Uh, it fits in the logo the temple owls um, words are in between the the wings of the owl and it's just a very pleasing logo but they don't yeah, use yeah, it. I, they, they still use it some, but it's not their. I don't know if it's
0: their main logo. I don't think it is, but
1: I counted it since it's so recent.
0: Yeah, it's it's more of a retro one from now, but i I I love one. That's that's probably one that I'd uh yeah,
1: I'd really they need to go back to thing. it permanently. Another one that needs to go back permanently is Ruckers, which might be the worst logo I've ever their their R is just the most boring plain R. Yeah. It sucks, but their old Scarlet Knights. Um here, I'll pull yeah. it up okay uh i mean it's it's awesome it's it's got the scarlet knight in the background and his sword is stabbing and it's the t in the in the logo
0: yeah I, I don't remember that one yeah bring it up bring it up real quick Um, as you bring it up i'll talk about my next one. that oh, we got it here oh yeah 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 that's that's sick
1: yes yeah. nice. i mean how can you go from that to just that R?
0: Has got to do better.
1: All right. What's your next one?
0: Uh, my next one. I'll, I'll move. I'll just move down to my number two. I was shocked you didn't have this one on your list. I, I think it's a crime that you put a couple of these above the angry of Tulane. Um, I, it is a fan favorite. It's, it's it's you know a lot of people like this one, so I'm, I'm not alone here. This isn't too unique, but uh, it's it's a wave, and you, it's it's an angry wave. That's the only way I can describe it. And he's got the little Tulane Tulane thing. I don't know. I, I, know yeah. personal preference, I, I would, would say, say it's it. top
1: 2030 for me. Okay. Okay. There are a few that I had to leave out. Like Wofford. I like theirs. Um okay. The Terrier and then Arkansas State. But um I guess my next one. Are you were you done with Tulane? Yeah.
0: No, that was it.
1: Um you know, I was gonna say something about UCSB, but my next one. I guess I'll go with six, the UMBC, um, the Retrievers. I don't know. I just like the, the dog mascots are kind of cool. And this one's good because it's not – I mean, generally dogs are cute and cute mascots aren't really that good. Yeah. Like, you want an intimidating mascot. But, I mean, they did a pretty good job of making it look intimidating. And, I mean, yeah, most of mine are – all of them, except one, I would consider mid-major teams. The only major conference logo I had on here was Florida, which I just love because it's the Gator and it's unique. But, I mean, you didn't have any – or I guess
0: – I Washington Yeah, but, I mean, two out of 20, that's not that many. Yeah, because, like, I mean, there's so many. There's so many yeah. to from. Ooh, the, like, it. I feel like the bigger schools are more likely to like. Like, the bigger schools have the more basic logos. Yeah. Michigan's got the M, you got the T's and the, the interlocking fonts and all I mean, the power conferences usually have the more, um, you know, simpler the logos. I, I really wasn't, I wasn't too surprised when I saw that we pretty much all had uh, mid-major teams making up our top. Uh, the last one I want to talk about was number six. I, I think this is a really cool logo. It's Arkansas Pine Bluff. It's an H2. Uh, not a lot, not, I wouldn't say too many people know about it, especially not the logo. But um, they're the Golden Lions. And I always love when like the logos have, you know, you kind of put like hidden things in the logos. And if I don't know, if, I'm not, I'm not going to show it. you guys. Going to look it up. Uh, it's The Arkansas Pine Bluff Golden Lions, but the lion, it's pretty much a yelling lion, and it, like his, I guess his mane, his mane, it, it's like, it looks like it's on fire, and it makes out a U A P and B, their initials. So I thought that's really cool. As it's, it's more of an underrated. But plus, it's a it's a cool yellow contrast with like the red, the lion, his tongue, and everything. So um, that's that's one that I wanted to point out.
1: I will have to say that's my least favorite in all of these. Really? I don't know. I just I like the lion, but I don't know. I'm just not a fa- too much of a fan of that one.
0: Yeah, I, I agree or disagree. That's fine.
1: Yeah, but all the other ones, like I do like the hidden things, like Washington State's with the W and the S. I like that
0: yeah all right so now we're going to move over here we're going to move. We're going to our main portion and if you guys want to see the full list if you guys want to see the full list with the pictures and all that it's going to be uh, at tfs underscore pod on instagram you can see uh you know all each each of our top 10 lists yeah good job i can it too
1: we nice. generally like during the week we'll have three Posts that always come out are overrated, underrated, the top forty, and the mid-major player, and then like once a week we'll have a post like that. Last week it was a top ten conferences, so just random one every week.
0: Yeah, and it's stuff that you won't get to hear on the podcast, so yeah. more content if you want that. All right, now moving into the picks. All I think this might be might have been a week overall in terms of between in terms of all three of us combined between me, you, and Bones, uh, with all of our records combined, we I mean, we had a solid weekend. Uh, me and bones a little better than you. Yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, me and bones both won six and two between Thursday and Sunday. You still with a very good five and three, but that also is big for the standings as I am now for the first time, I think, since we started doing this, I think I had the lead, um, for like a week and then you took it and you held yeah. on to it, but now I'm back. I'm 60, 42, you're 63 and 43. Bones trying to do his part, 47 and 59. Um, so he's on, he's clawing his way back. He's trying to at least, uh, but yeah, we're, we're all, I say we're all pretty high. I, I don't I think, you know, last week, the Thursday was good too, between, you know, last between last Monday and Thursday, excuse me. But um, yeah, I, I don't, can't remember the last time we had a sub 500 week, of course, and probably jinxing it, but uh, we, we've been pretty hot. All right, so now we're going to get into the main – our main six games between Monday and Wednesday, like we always do. And we're going to start off in the Big 12, a game that's probably at halftime right now. Uh, It's 9.55 as we're recording this. So it's going to be Kansas and Texas. Um, You want to go first with this one or you want me to take it? Uh, Yeah,
1: I'll take it. Um, Texas failed me in the last few games. I've picked them. I was giving them another chance, and I was going to be – I was. Saying that they're better than they are because I kind of wanted to be the person that was like when Texas did do good and showed out, like I was the person who said they could be good, but they lost to Texas Tech. And I don't really think they're going to improve too much over the season, but they're still a good team, but I'm going to pick Kansas on this one. Kansas has been pretty hot. The, they've won four of their last five against all against ranked opponents. They did lose to Kentucky, but... uh I think Kansas is hot and on top of the big 12.
0: Yeah. I'm agreeing with you here. Oh, do you want me? No. Oh yeah. I'm agreeing with you. Uh, I also took Kansas. Uh, yeah. Texas we've talked about them so much. It has been bouncing back and forth. They have a big win over Iowa state, but I just, that continued our trend of Iowa state's offense, just absolutely failing them recently. They can't get a bucket to save their lives. Um, but you know, Texas up and down, they are at home, but Kansas really hot. Uh, I think the difference is going to be, you know, Ochaig Igbaji, really good player. I think Texas's front court can handle Christian Brown. And I know Igbaji's more of a guard, two six five, 6'5, but he kind of plays forward in their system. So I think he'll have a big game. And I also have Kansas winning. Um, actually, I'm, I'm going to have to get Bones' predictions done right now. So let me, it, let me get this up for like 30 seconds. It's a one point
1: so, game right now with two minutes, two and a half minutes in the. First half. So it's close.
0: All right. All right, let's see who Bones picked. Sorry, we added this in the spot here. And Bones took Kansas. So there you go. All well, unanimous. I took Kansas sixty five, sixty one. I also want to give a quick shout out to Bones because Bones almost nailed. Remember a San Francisco BYU prediction? I don't remember it off the top of my head right now, but he was like I think the he he picked San Francisco to win by three It ended up winning by four and he was like three points off in the total points. so he's he's starting to get hot. don't don't let bones get hot that's what they yeah. say They gave him a name and then, <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, all right, so that's our picks for that first game, which is yeah finish up the first half right now and I'll going over to the SEC where we got Auburn facing off against Arkansas. Uh, I'll take this one first. I'm interested to see what you had to say. Yeah. So Auburn, a team that I'm not high on anymore after what they've done recently, uh, really pretty much to begin with, they, in our top forties, I had them, you know, I, I'm not, I wasn't as bad as Jesse Newell. I didn't have them down at like seven, eight, but they just weren't, they weren't showing me enough. I mean, the Kentucky win was huge. You know that. And at that point I brought, I brought them up, but they weren't showing me enough and big win over Alabama. I'll give you that, but strong Georgia and Missouri, and those teams are way worse than a hot Arkansas right now. I'm I'm taking Arkansas on the upset. Um, Arkansas really hot. They have a lot of talent and they're also more, uh, you know, backcourt focus. The only problem I have is you'll know, be able to stop Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith. But I think Georgia had that problem. I think Missouri had that problem to handle it pretty well. No, I mean, Nobody in the SEC outside of a couple teams has those rim protect handle Auburn's. And it, I definitely George, don't think Georgia or Missouri had it, and they were still able to hang with them. So, I mean, Arkansas, they're on a what? They're on a – Eight-game. Yeah, eight-game win streak. And those some of those wins are coming over LSU away, which is still a good team. Um, West Virginia is not it's not a cakewalk. And then the most recent one coming over Mississippi State, which is a good team. Uh, I I like the direction the Arkansas teams had in. I think they they need a big win this year and get it done.
1: Yeah, I could I, I saw this coming from you. I could see. I mean, it's it makes sense. Auburn's due for a loss. They almost could use a loss to help them. Cause I feel like their guards are playing really loosely and just turning the ball over and making some bad decisions that are not going to help in March. And a loss could almost benefit them because it'll like show them that like this isn't going to work especially against teams like Georgia they almost lost to uh especially like in March against really good teams it's not going to work but I'm still going to take Auburn here I I don't think Arkansas is going to have anything I don't think they're going to be able to score with Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith in the paint because Arkansas is not a three-point shooting team they shoot 30 percent from the field and, I mean, with the presence inside of Kessler and Jabari Smith, I mean, it's definitely going to hurt them. I mean, their best player, J.D. notes is 30% three-point shooter. And, I don't know, they're just not the best three-point shooting team. And I don't see them hanging with Auburn in this one. But it is, it is kind of a – I don't know how to explain it. But, like, a game where Arkansas – is a good upset to pick because it makes sense. Arkansas is good; they're hot. It's at home for them, but I still think Auburn's going to hang on to this one. All right.
0: Yeah. At the same time, it makes sense because it's college basketball, and who knows? Yeah. Nothing um, makes sense. Yeah. No, you're right. Nothing doesn't make sense, but yeah. No, I I could I actually didn't know those three point stats from uh, uh, Arkansas. You got me a little nervous now for making that pick, but I can't back down now. So I'm I'm a hold with our. Ar- uh, uh, the bones did go with you bones agreed he takes auburn uh 62 to 57 so he does think so close but yeah i
1: was looking for any reason to for auburn to win because i i mean <laughs> i need some like i don't know something to pick arkansas
0: yeah it just seemed it, it seems like like on paper it's like this is the upset to pick
1: yeah yeah that's what i was trying to say that's what i was trying to say like it's yeah. on paper it's a
0: good upset to pick but Yes. all right we're gonna segue over now to the big 10 for a couple of games uh beginning with indiana north and i'll lead off with you because i know where you're leaning
1: <laughs> yeah so i'm gonna go with northwestern that no, i'm kidding um i'm making indiana this is a great game for indiana to bounce back they were up to at half to illinois actually i'll save it for, for the review later but basically they blew a game a close game against illinois at home and three of their next four games are on the road. And this is the most winnable game for them. Northwestern is not a bad team. I'm pretty sure they're in the top 40 or 50 on Ken Palm or in the net. And maybe it's top 70. Regardless, it's a quad two game. So it's still a good win for Indiana to have. It's a road win in the big 10, a road game in the big 10, which is also big. And I think Indiana can get it done. And they need they need to, this win to start off like a streak on the road for these next few games
0: yeah do you feel slighted at all the northwestern is a one-point favorite by vegas
1: i just saw that like before we got on i feel like it's just because of indiana losing but i kind of like the underdog mentality like i like indiana being the underdog they've played well generally every game that they've been the underdog I they probably were against illinois but i mean i don't know if i can check here I mean, they were by two points, but. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to agree with you on this one. I agree with a lot of what you said with Indiana. Um, I'm, I, I do have them bouncing back and picking up the win here. I think the key for them is really going to be uh race. Time because Northwestern, I definitely know, like you said, quad two team, uh, whether the metrics are right or wrong, so is a strong team with a good backcourt between Boo Booey and Chase, yeah. Chase Audit. I think they actually might have the talent advantage with you guys in the backcourt. Yes, uh, I would agree with that.
1: I could agree with that.
0: Yeah, but uh, it really comes down to the front court for me. Uh, Pete Nance, good player. He's more of a stretch big kind of kind of like, I mean, I, it's kind of hard to compare him to, but a stretch big. Stretch big is the best way to put him, kind of the focal point of their offense. But he's really not, he's not too much of an inside player. I mean, he he, he does have a good inside game, but his primary focus is outside. From what I've seen, is uh, being on the outside and then distributing the ball, find the open guy, kind of like a Jokic presenting this kind of role. So uh, I think this is that's not a good matchup when it comes to a big, bruising center like Tracy Davis is. So I think that's where they come in. I also don't know who they're going to have to guard race into. So um, I think your guys' front court will be the difference, and Indiana wins. Uh, Bones is going against both of us. He's taking Northwestern, he's taking the favorite. 79-77, and he did. He wanted me to point out that this is an overtime. So he had Northwestern 79-77 in overtime, um, in case you wanted to know. All right. All right, so now we're going to stay in the Big Ten, probably the game of the week, I'd say. I don't think there's any any big challenger between uh, today and Wednesday. And it's going to be Illinois, Purdue, two hot Big Ten teams. Yeah, big game. What do you think about this? All right, yeah. I'll lead off with it. Uh, this this is a tough one for me to pick. Actually no. No, was it? It wasn't super hard. I the, the game that we were going to have after I think was was the one I was going to say was hard. But um anyway, Illinois Purdue this is the... the main thing I kept going back to and trying to pick this game was uh, Kofi Coburn and yeah, the, the on, on the front court, Coburn should be able to be new Neutralized by Williams and Edie, especially feeding off them being at home, uh, the energy they're going to bring at Mackey Arena. So I, I think Purdue has that edge. But when it comes to the backcourt, on paper, Frazier, Plummer, Corbello, those guys are better than Purdue's backcourt. I mean, Purdue they, they have an amazing backcourt, of course, with Ivy and Stefanovic and all that. But I think in, if you take Illinois' best three guards and Purdue's best three guards, and you put them up against each other on paper, I think Illinois has a very, very slight edge but it's too small of an edge compared to the, the bigger edge that Purdue has in the front um, for me to pick Illinois. So I'm going with Purdue. I think I, I really think, I mean, we know how hard it is to play in Mackey arena. I think they're going to make a big difference in this game. Ivy's going to come out firing. He's, he's starting to, we've starting to see he had a little slump in the middle, but we're starting to see him sort of pick back up, up uh, making these super athletic lottery pick type plays. Yeah. I think Sasha Bonnevich, going to be the X factor here because Alfonso Plummer, excellent shooter, but Stefanovic also, you can't let him get hot. He's just as good, I'd say, if, of a shooter, just from a pure three-point standpoint. Um, I don't have the numbers with me, but I, I, just on paper, it, it seems like it's close. Um, so I, he's going to have a big game, yeah, especially the way Purdue's offense runs, where they, I feel like they have run a lot of his off-ball screen, get him open, uh, and Ivy, you give him perimeter looks, so. I I think that was the main edge that I had that ended up with me picking Purdue.
1: Yeah. I'm going to disagree and pick Illinois. Uh, I think, yeah, I think Coburn could get canceled out by Purdue's bigs, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's too, I mean, I just don't think anyone can really guard him. I mean, you can try to like shut him down or slow him down, which Indiana did in the first half against him, but, he, Because once you focus on shutting him down, you open up the shooters, you open up Frazier and Plummer, and then guys like Herbello can drive in and then find Coburn um, <clears throat> when they help. And, I mean, you're right, the shooting percentages with Plummer and Stefanovic are probably close. They're two of the better shooters in the Big Ten. But I don't like, I don't know who they're going to put on, who Purdue's going to put on Frazier and Plummer. They just don't have the defense to keep up with that, I think. They, Zach Edie's a giant, but he's not, I don't think he can lock down Kofi. I think he's going to get fouls called on him. He might get in foul trouble. I think Travion Williams is a better defender, but I don't think Purdue has the, I don't know. I don't think they're going to, be able to stop them they did win last time at illinois too so i think this could be i mean this would be huge for for illinois they are coming off a win against wisconsin indiana and then it would be purdue at purdue and it's possible i think they can get it done frazier's been playing great and i'm excited to see the matchup of him and Jaden ivy i think those are the two best guards in the big 10 i'm if i'm not forgetting oh i'm forgetting johnny davis those are the top three
0: yeah no, i mean i mean they were both in um or no at least ivy was in the you know the watch list yeah year.
1: but he was uh, shooting guard but he's i mean it doesn't matter. he's he can be a point guard
0: yeah uh yeah I, I i definitely see where you're coming from with the Coburn take i think yeah the main reason that we so this could really go both ways but uh, yeah I think the main reason is just you know you think you're relying on Illinois backcourt and I'm which is definitely more proven on paper I think with, with the stats but yeah. I just uh I I I guess I'm playing more I'm putting more stock into the home court advantage and I think especially Eric Hunter Jr who has he's shown kind of sparks I think this could really be his game kind of a named down the bench for Purdue um but yeah no I'd go either way
1: Illinois came into Assembly Hall and whooped Indiana in the second half, and Purdue kept it. I mean, Michigan kept it close with Purdue at Mackey on Saturday too. So
0: you're right. All right, so now we're gonna move over to our mid-major game. We got Ohio and Toledo, uh, two pretty much pretty much head and shoulders between Ohio and Toledo, and the rest of the MAC. Um, so these are definitely the two top teams. Good game to watch. Uh, you want to lead it off? Or you want me to lead it off?
1: Yeah. So I actually had – we just added this game because, I mean, it's the two best teams in the MAC and you got to have a mid-major game. And these two teams are pretty similar. Toledo won the last matchup at Ohio, but, I mean, these two teams are pretty close – generally pretty close to each other. They're both in the same state. But I don't think there's a real home court advantage in this game, and they're really similar teams too. They're pretty balanced. They're guard and wing heavy. They don't either – Neither of the teams really have a reliant big man who grabs boards. But I do think rebounding is going to be the difference in this game. And Toledo is the better rebounding team, barely. And I think they're the better shooting team, too. I forget the – I don't know. It's close, but I'm still going to go with Toledo in this game. They've – they just lost to – was it Akron? No, Ball State.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. But – I'm gonna. I'm picking Toledo in this one. Um, Ryan Rollins is averaging 20 for them. He's been great. And then another key piece in this game, which I think will be, yeah, I think will be the key piece for Toledo, JT Shoemate. Um, one of the wings I was talking, like talking about how um, Toledo's a wing-heavy team. He's one of those guys. Shoots 48, 49% from three, 56 from the field, averages 15 a game, six rebounds. So he's kind of one of those. Um, not a big man, not a guard. He's one of the uh, better wings for Toledo, and I think it's going to help them sweep Ohio this year.
0: Yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah. I, I see where a lot of you're coming from with Toledo. I was able to have the ability to watch Ohio play my uh, local team, Buffalo, uh, from pretty much press row, just outside press row a couple of years ago. And Ohio impressed me. Um, you know, Mark Sears, really good player. Uh, the guy that really jumped out to me was their uh, their big Jason, uh, I think it's Jason, Jason Carter. Um, he he really impressed me, especially coming from the Mac. He really good inside game, solid footwork. And he, he's, uh, what's different about him, especially with a lot of them, compared to a lot of the Mac teams that I saw, is he's patient. He has a really patient game. He's willing to, you know, you know, Time not, not rush his shots, and that ended up working out a ton. He he worked Buffalo center all night, and then even Jonathan Williams got switched on him a couple times, uh, Buffalo's main guy. And he, even he, oh, you know, there were a couple times where Carter, Carter got him and you know, made a bucket. But I, you know, I saw him and I said, There really aren't many players in the Mac like this. Uh, big guys, patient, good footwork, good inside, good post game, but I think the only other guy like that is is JT shoemate. And I think Toledo on paper, they have the edge. And I'm going with Toledo here. Um, Ryan Rollins, matchup nightmare, really good scoring guard. I think he'll he's he's better than Sears. I would even I, it's close, but I'd give him the slight edge uh, as of right now. So yeah, two really talented teams. I think it's gonna be yeah. super close, but I'm yeah, I'm taking Toledo.
1: Yeah, I think Toledo. They were close to the top 40. I think they could have made it uh, this week. I would have definitely had them in mind if they didn't lose to Ball State because they were right on my radar for last week's but just missed, and then they lost, and uh, I didn't consider them this week. But, I mean, it's pretty much 0% chance that there's two teams from the MAC in the tournament. But, I mean, either one of these teams would be awesome to see in March pull off of – like 13, 14 seed upset against, um, a three or four seed. And I mean, I definitely think it could happen.
0: Yeah. And the other one will be dangerous in the NIT. I know you I don't want to think about it right now, but, um, yeah, definitely a team to, watch. I mean,
1: two, two. definitely NIT should be filled with mid majors this year. I feel like teams, anyone from the mountain West who doesn't make it. Um, I mean, from like the MVC, like
0: Belmont, uh, who else? Morehead State. We've Morehead State, too. Morehead okay. State uh, beat Belmont. They got Johnny Broom. They made the tournament last year. Broom, really good uh, big guy. Yeah, no, the Morehead State. Um, if Iona, now we're starting. Iona lost yesterday. Yeah. If they happen to get bounced. I, me, personally, I, I was we were just talking about it on Thursday. I 100% think I was able to see Iona Friday, too. Uh, didn't look amazing, especially in the second half. But first half, I watched him play Canisius, uh, school in Buffalo. First half, they took it to him. They showed exactly why I had him in my top forty. Um, they slowed down a little bit, but uh, just they they showed why they're you know even though even through the loss Niagara cut above the other the other Max schools. Patino, Patino was yelling. I, I've not, I, that was my first time. I mean, I, I don't live. by. Louisville or Kentucky. That was my first time getting to see him coach. And Canisius is a really small arena. It only seats about I don't want to go off topic here, but we got like one more game. Um, I, this just happened. Oh,
1: yeah,
0: it's fine. Yeah. just only seats like 2,500 and even then it was probably like 1,200 at the game. It was like half full. Yeah. Um, but and you so you could hear Patino when he was yelling and he yelled. Um, Nelly Junior Joseph, which is their big guy, really good, traditional big, really good shot blocker. You just, just yep, yeah, Nelly, N- Nelly, just, just screaming out to like get rebounds and all that. I mean, he's been in the game for a long time. He knows yeah. he knows what to expect from his guys, but he was on the whole night and it's crazy. Especially when they almost they almost blew the lead too. I think they were up, they were up by twenty one during the first half. I think they were up by like 18, 19 at halftime, and then at one point, Kanish, Kanish just it to like five. And I was like, Patina was like, he was just silent. He didn't wasn't even he was just like silent. That's how mad he was. Um, but then they didn't they didn't end up pulling it out. Canes missed a couple threes at the end and ended up pulling it out. And then only to lose in, in two days later. So uh, yeah. So I own a you know, NIT is going to be it's going to be fun. I mean. Yeah, going it, will be, be good teams, but. Yeah, even better teams this year. All right, now we got to get to our last game here to wrap this up. Big East matchup between Xavier and Seton Hall. Um, I'll go for this one because I really don't have much to say. This is a game that uh, on paper seems like was – it just seems like Seton Hall just jumps out at you. Xavier, uh, you know, rough, rough last couple games for him. But I also see this as kind of a bounce-back game for Xavier. And I think Seton Hall might be overlooking this. I know they're on a two-game win streak, but it's against Georgetown and Creighton. Two probably already making the tournament, at least definitely not Georgetown. Um, and I think they could be overlooking this because if you look ahead, their next game is, uh, they play Xavier at home Wednesday. Saturday's at Villanova. That's a big game for them, biggest game of the Big East. And I think that they might be overlooking Xavier. And I also think Seton Hall, they do Lexus Yetna to take care of Nungi. But Zach Freemantle is a guy that impressed me and what I've seen from him, and I don't know if Seton Hall has to guard him. Um, So with that in mind, I know this seems like uh, Seton Hall should be the easy pick on paper, but I think this is kind of a game I'm leaving Xavier. I think they could uh, expect.
1: I agree. I think Xavier's going to bounce back, and without Bryce Aiken, uh, I don't think Seton Hall is going to be able to win, and I don't think Seton Hall is going to make the tournament. I don't think they have the talent in the team to compete against the big like all the other teams in the big East. And the Big East is strong this year. And I still think Xavier's weaker and they've been losing and they've not been impressive either. But I would be surprised if they lost this game. I think it's a typical bounce back game that they'll have in BC seaton hall. Yeah.
0: All right. And uh I, I think I missed out on, like the last three picks for the computer. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna... <laughs> Oh yeah, you yeah. did. Run those <laughs> off real quick. He has got Purdue 7356. So that when he sided with me. Ohio Toledo, he disagreed with both of us. And Bones took Ohio 9476. So he thinks they come out and beat him. Uh and then he also disagreed with both of us on Xavier Seton Hall. He took Seton Hall to 49. So um computer, I think he wants to get some Bones want some points back on us, and he's going with some some underdog picks to try and this. All right, that'll do it for our picks. Check back here on Thursday. Uh, you see, see see, the results. And now we got to move on to our last couple segments here, beginning with my mid-major player of the week. This week, last week was a little tougher because, you know, we had Nick on. I was trying to go a little more under the radar. But it's hard to go under the radar when there are some names that you just can't, you can't ignore them um, to be talking about. The guy, I know you know. I know you you just texted me about him on Saturday. And I saw his performance and I knew I had him. It's going to be from the UAB Blazers. It's going to be Jordan Walker, uh, point guard. Uh, UAB, if you haven't gotten the chance to see him, I highly recommend you do. Uh, let me look at their schedule real quick. If they got any solid games. I know they play Southern Miss uh, Thursday, which Southern Miss not the best. USA team are towards the bottom. But um, they do play Old Dominion, which I guess is a little bit better and is going to be on national TV. Sunday at 2. Uh, or I don't know what's – I mean, the only condition you have is the Puppy Bowl. So, unless you like the Puppy Bowl, it's a it's perfect chance to watch a solid major team in UAB take on Old Dominion before, before football starts. Uh, but back to Walker, a name high school fans might know. It's part of Jelly Fam. Jelly Fam's kind of before my time, before I started getting into high school hoops. But, um, you know, him, he was him, Javon Quinterly, now at Bama. And Nas Reed, they were sort of the main three from what I from, from what I know. Um yeah, he played at lane for two years, put up some solid numbers for them, eight points freshman year, 13 points a game sophomore year, decided to transfer over to UAB, and he's just been putting up numbers. Uh I still thought thought was funny, double digits every game except for one where he only scored eight points. It was against a non-d1 team where he got pulled for the bench. I I'm assuming after only playing two minutes. So every game against a D1 team, he's put up numbers, uh, at least double digits, and then includes some solid teams like San Francisco, uh, West Virginia, um, you know, Western Kentucky, some USA's CUSA's better teams, North Texas. And, I mean, you want to talk about a guy that's been hot, uh, above 20 points in the last seven games, including the big 42-point performance. I think he tied, he tied the school record for points a yeah. game. I think he broke it. I don't know. Broke it? He either tied or broke it, but regardless it was it was a record. Um and super hot from uh three recently, he's shooting 42% on the year, which is crazy. He's only 5'11", but he's just one of those college bucket type guys that can score yeah. even from all three levels, more of a perimeter threat, um but you really can get it done anywhere on the court and he's the main main guy on this B team that I think can make a run in March. Yeah. Um Jordan Walker is the guy for this week. And now we're gonna move it over to your Indiana report. Um I know you got some things to say. It was a rough, rough weekend for you guys, but
1: yeah it was yeah it was rough. There was one game. They played Maryland last Saturday and then they didn't play until again until this Saturday so they had one game They had a week break. They had Illinois at home. This is the only time they play them this year, too. So this was a pretty big game. Illinois has been pretty hot. The game before, Kofi Coburn went off and had a hell of a game against Wisconsin. And then Illinois comes to Indiana. And it's pretty close for the first half. It was a two-point game at halftime. I think Indiana was actually up by two at half. Or it was tied at, hold on, was it tied? No, okay, yeah. Indiana was up by two at half. I can't remember. And they had limited Coburn to only five points. He was getting frustrated. He couldn't shoot. They were scoring. Frazier and Plummer were scoring, though, but Coburn couldn't get anything going. Indiana's backcourt was doing pretty well. They were doing okay from three. And then the second half, Illinois comes out and just punches him in the mouth. Coburn... He's unguardable. He just makes Trey Jackson Davis look small, keeps scoring on him. Frazier can't miss. He was up eight for 11, three for six from three. Illinois was 43% from three. Indiana was 23%. They couldn't hit a shot in the second half, and they couldn't play defense either. It was just kind of like everything fell apart. And Mike Woodson got so mad at the end of the game that he pulled the starters and he started playing uh, the bench, or at least most of the bench guys. And at the postgame press conference, they asked him why he pulled the starters. And he was like, they weren't playing well. And I was mad. So I took him out and I put in the the backups just like straight up. Like they weren't playing good. That's why I took him out. And I mean, he was right. They no one really had a great performance from Indiana. No one shot well. No one played great defense either. So it was a rough loss. I don't think they did lose by 17, but I don't think it was. I mean, at the end, they just kind of started running up the score because Indiana, almost. I mean, they almost gave up at the end, but it was a big loss. But they have a chance to bounce back at Northwestern, which is still a quality win. And then they have three tough games at Michigan State, home against Wisconsin a week from tomorrow, which I'll be going to, and then at Ohio State. So all three quad one games would be really good to win at least two, maybe three of those games. And then after that, Maryland and Minnesota, which are must wins. um, Home against Rutgers, which is another must win. And then at Mackey Arena, which would be awesome to sweep Purdue. Two wins in a year would be great. But um, what, Indiana sitting at 16 and six right now, they have – eight games left 16 and six and four of them are against ranked opponents quad one game. So what that's, so half their games, I say six and two would be a good finish for them for these last games. That puts them at 22 and eight, which, I mean, I would say as long as they don't lose out, they're pretty much a lock for the tournament as a seven, eight, nine, ten 10 seed. And if they can win six of their last uh, eight games, then I think they could grab that seven and maybe a six seed if some other teams start losing too.
0: Yeah, and, uh, yeah you, you always play pretty well. You know the team well. Um, I mean, I would almost prefer, I think if I was an in Indian fan, I'd almost prefer you guys staying on the eight, nine, because I think the 11 seeds are going to be tough. Um, unless you'd be lucky you and get one to play in, get one of the playing opponents which are usually either 11 or 12 um i don't know some of the 11 seeds like wyoming yeah wyoming. And it's like i don't want
1: to be an eight or a nine seed and then have to play Gonzaga the second That's round it's almost like i mean unless you draw a good one seed like i mean purdue would be a good matchup that would be an electric tournament game a huge rivalry tournament game, Indiana Purdue, and they have Indiana's already shown that they can win. And they beat them without Trace Jackson Davis pretty much. So, I feel like the the only really bad draw they get is, I feel like the worst is Auburn, and then Gonzaga, and then after that, maybe
0: Kentucky. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, no, a lot. It all depends on selection. A lot of good teams, a lot of bad. Who knows? Maybe, maybe I'll be seeing them. Maybe I'll be seeing them in Buffalo. Um, Yeah, we got got two pods up here. That'd be kind of cool to experience them firsthand. Um, But yeah, that's that was your Indiana reporting. That's big games coming up. Sounds like you're having some good, good segments with that in the next couple weeks.
1: Hopefully, hopefully they're good. What a great one on, not next Monday, but the so two weeks from today. Because a week from tomorrow, I'll be at the indiana wisconsin game i'll be able to see i'll be right behind the wisconsin bench i'll be able to see johnny davis and everyone else at the game and hopefully indiana can get revenge on wisconsin and get a
0: win yeah all right so we're gonna wrap it up here moving to our final segment the random shipboard. board i got two today i don't know how many you got i got two i got one yeah one you want to lead off with me? Or me actually yeah. actually let me start and then we'll just we'll you do yours and then i'll go back to mine so, yeah, I'll start for the poor defense segment, uh, which usually is a powered conference game. And it's today it's the winner goes to Saturday's Penn State and Wisconsin game, which had a, a, a start uh, a halftime score of eighteen thirteen. It's like it was football 18 eighteen thirteen Wisconsin was up. I was not able to see that game sadly, but uh, pick up the pace in the second half, but that was that was about it um yeah in terms of slow offenses oh actually also hold on i almost forgot because i was i was looking at the scores uh when i was at the canisius game on friday and i noticed uh, major Mannis put this one out highlighted this score between harvard and brown now brown picked up the slack a little in the in the uh second half the final score was 65 50 i'm poor offense uh, bad offense but not awful Not awful, but looking at the final score, 65-50, you would never expect that the halftime score of this game was Harvard 29, Brown 8. Brown put up a whopping eight points in the first half. Uh, 42 in the second half, so they must have figured something out. Ended up with 50, but rough, rough first half for the Brown Bears.
1: Yeah, but uh, so for mine... This Saturday, um, after I was watching, after I finished the Indiana Illinois game, um, I was watching Dayton and St. Louis because I have um, my dad's a big Dayton fan. So um, I always like to see Dayton play and always think of what they could have done in the tournament two years ago. But um, they played at St. Louis on Saturday and Dayton's been pretty good. They've gotten some been pretty hot recently B V C U VCU at VCU by 20. And of course they have that Kansas win and the Miami win. So they have some pretty good wins and they're getting high and they're going to play St. Louis. They did end up losing, but at halftime, St. Louis was inducting Jordair jet, a famous guard who played for St. Louis into their hall of fame. And they inducted him into the hall of fame and everything. And at the end of the game with about a minute and a half left, St. Louis was up and the ball rolled out of bounds and Dayton's point guard, Malachi Smith went to go grab the ball. It was in between uh, Jordan Air jets legs and he tried to pick up the ball and it was just, he wasn't letting him pick up the ball. He squeezed it between his legs and they started getting into kind of like a, not a fight, but just like a heated conversation, kind of like a little pushing shoving. And then Dayton's coach, Anthony Grant runs over and is heated and he gets into a big, just like another heated conversation with Jordair Jet, and it kind of explodes. Um, I'm pretty sure Anthony Grant got a tech for that. And, I mean, it was just hilarious. Because you could just see, like, it's starting to happen. Malachi Smith was frustrated. He was just trying to pick up the ball. And Jordair Jet was just kind of being annoying. Um, I don't know, just being annoying to him. And then you could just see Anthony Grant from the other side just starting to run over. And just the buildup was – it was pretty funny. But, yeah, the St. Louis – in the end, Jordair Jack got ejected from the game. From the game he got inducted into the Hall of Fame for, he was ejected.
0: That's, that's crazy. I, I heard about that, but, yeah, that's – I did not hear how it happened, and that's, that's, that's wild. Um, good for him, I guess, or bad for him. One, one yeah. good thing, one bad thing. Uh, but, yeah, I, I got one more. This this one is crazy. craziest story I've, I've said all year. Um, I don't know if, if you've heard about this. Have you heard about what's going on at IUPUI? Oh,
1: yes. I saw a little thing about it on Instagram before my game earlier today. I didn't read it, like, in detail, but I just saw, like, the post for it. But it was something about getting students to come to games or something.
0: Yeah. So, it, it, it's not too uh, detailed. story. IUPUI... Worst team in the country this year. It's really not even that much of a debate. Sam. Yeah, uh, they're I think three and nineteen, and all three wins are coming against non-D one teams. Uh, actually, the 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 two I think uh, it might only be two. They only have two wins actually. One yeah. two, uh, and they're against Spalding University <laughs> and East West University. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, congrats to them. I, I'm, those are definitely real schools, but no one had, had not heard of. But IUPUI, they're, they're struggling. And in this tweet here, they put out 10 today. They are looking for IUPUI students that are interested in joining the team for the home stretch season. Open tryouts for remainder of 2022 season. Uh, you, have, you have to be a full-time IUPUI student to apply, but um, they need bodies. They, they are... St- desperate for bodies that they are willing to take any student they can get open tryouts. And I actually looked at their schedule because I was interested in it. If you do join the team, you do have to start off a per game away stand. Uh, but then you get Milwaukee at home. You get to play against Pat Baldwin. Who, <laughs> that's that's like a movie script right there. You're yeah. like, you're just a student. And then all of a sudden make a D1 team I and you start with Pat Baldwin yeah. a couple yeah. weeks later. Uh, yeah, it's... I, I've never seen a d1 team I think I might might have seen like on Twitter like maybe calls for open tryouts but I think it was like more for walk-ons and definitely not in the middle of the season yeah
1: um, I, mean, I so definitely I mean, read
0: that wrong I thought it was for fans not yeah, <laughs> no, they, they need players <laughs> um so I, it's it's funny but it's also I'm, I'm not gonna make fun of it too much also kind of sad because IUpy they are a d1 team and I'm Hoping that you know they can pick it up over the next couple of years. But yeah, that that that's pretty much rock bottom for D1 team. Yeah. yeah, that is rock bottom. Yeah. All right. So that'll do it for the episode. Uh that'll do it for 17. Do you have any social media updates? I'm gonna go to you before we sign off uh, any updates at all.
1: Top 40 is coming out today or tomorrow. So just be on the look for that to see our rankings that I mean we make them on Sunday, but they usually come out Monday or Tuesday and then the mid-major player, and then we'll have another one, another random post this week, probably like Thursday or Friday, that we won't talk about on here. That'll just be something that
0: we come up with. Yeah. All right, and you guys can uh, catch us on both on Instagram and back on here on Thursday. So we'll see you guys then.